on this episode of Backstage Brew. How would you say his name again? I always say it wrong. Chibuddy G. Chibuddy G. Okay, say it again. Cha, C-H-A, like don't cha, don't cha. Cha, cha, cha. Buddy, like, hey up, buddy. Hey up, buddy. Cha, cha, buddy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then G, like gangster. G, uh, G. Buddy G. (laughs) Because life is better when you've got a cuppa on the go. (sighs) This is Backstage Brew. Backstage Brew is with the wonderful Nehar Ahmed. Hello, introduce yourself and tell us what is in your brew. Hello, Mark. Thanks so much for getting me on the podcast. So in my brew, it's got to be soy milk I'm having right now. And the thing is, I have I have one teaspoon of sugar, but you've got to understand this, right? It's not one heaped teaspoon of sugar. I'm one of those really fussy people where it's like it's a level teaspoon. So it's kind of not too heat, but not too less. Somewhere in the middle, a nice warm cup of tea. Right. If I ever make that for you, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> that is, do you like you're one of those people that almost counts the grains of sugar? basically yeah because I don't want it to be too sweet but then I don't want it to have like less sugar in it so when I do speak to people I sound like a right diva oh yes please can I have a a black coffee but can I have a level teaspoon of sugar oh when you make my cup of tea can you leave the tea bag in because uh normally people make me dishwater and I don't really want that so yeah (laughs) if I ever speak to people behind the scenes if we're working at the same place I'm gonna be like oh have you heard about that Neha level teaspoon be careful diva So I'm glad you said tea as well, because for the first like 30 seconds, you were like, yeah, it's just soya milk and a spoonful of sugar. And I was like, interesting choice, but you know, we can go with that warm soya milk and well sugar. Well spotted, actually. Well spotted. But definitely soya milk. I used to always just have regular milk. And then obviously when everyone around me started having soya milk, uh, coconut milk, almond milk, I started giving all the different milks a go. And soya milk is the only one that I think actually is all right, you know? Oh, see, I really like it, but I am technically dairy intolerant so that's probably why anyway (laughs) you're here for a very important purpose today and that's to tell us all about the wonderful stuff that you're up to and amazing news in 20 well the end of 2020 technically but the start of 21 for you is that you are going on a brand new radio venture tell us all about that I know I'm so excited about it. So literally, I think it was just around November time where I actually got told that I am going to be doing the new BBC Asian Network chart show. And I was like, yay, I'm so excited. So I like the fact that it's all fresh music. It's new music. It's sort of amplifying British Asian music. You know, what's really in at the moment. And yeah, it's really important to me. So the fact that I get to count down the top whatevers, haven't decided what top whatevers it is yet. But when I get a chance to do that, it's something that's so exciting. It's like a pivotal show as well so yeah i'm super happy so have you got one specific chart that you count down then or is is there a combination of a few um well there is going to be one specific chart so it's going to be obviously asian music bollywood music just anything to do with asian music really so international in the uk you name it and uh, it's either going to be the top 20 or the top 40 but obviously i'm still having meetings with producers and production teams, etc. So that hasn't actually been decided yet. Oh, so do you have to kind of put the chart together yourself and, and find out all the different like songs from all the different genres as well? Yeah, I think so. I think when I have my proper production meeting, which is probably in a couple of weeks time, then that is what I've been told potentially I'll be doing. So really hands-on, working with a production team. And I never actually thought, obviously, you know, that there's a production team that works with you on a show and actually produces the whole thing, but an actual proper production team. So for me, that's super exciting. But, you know, like you coming from sort of community radio, you literally do everything yourself, you know? So actually having a team behind you that actually do things for you, you're like, what, really? 
Yeah, 100%. And especially like we're both at Aspen Weight Radio, which we'll come to in a minute. And even with our producer there, you know, you have a meeting once every couple of weeks to check in, how your show going, how's your features going, all that kind of stuff. You do most of the tech yourself. You have a few kind of Zooms if you need any extra help. And it's really great. But also, I've never had that before either. So I think no. sometimes it makes such a massive difference to, to the way you you present. And having that team around you is going to make a, a huge difference in terms of kind of the content that you produce, especially with a chart show, because there's so much like, like imaging and branding that goes into that. Have you had any ideas in terms of how the chart's going to sound like as a structure? Is it going to be like a normal chart show or are you going to go for something a little bit wild and crazy? I think it's going to be something a little bit different. It's definitely going to be different to what they already have at the moment. And that's the whole point of bringing me in to have something a little bit fresh, something a little bit different. I'm focusing on other areas, but I'm yet to find out the full details. So I'm super excited to find out, but I definitely want it to be something very, very different. So exciting. I'm so excited to hear you. When do you start at Aspen, uh, Aspen Chart Show? The Aspen <laughs> Asian Chart Network. Show. This sounds so similar. So confusing. I know. Well, Aspen, I'm back tomorrow, one till four o'clock, if you really want to know about Aspen. But um, no, I'm going to be starting on the 1st of March. So the first Friday of March, that will be my first show. It sounds really weird saying it, you know, out loud. It's just, I still, part of me is like, really? You know? Yeah, and it's national as well. Yeah, the listening figures for that are going to be outrageous, but it's very exciting. And we've touched on it there as well that, you know, we've said it multiple times. I said it there accidentally as well. You are still with Aspen Weight Radio, where I also am. And it's been an amazing journey for, for all of us. I think we started at the same time, didn't we? The same week. Yeah, we did. We did. I didn't know really what to expect. I'll be honest, when I heard about the job, I didn't really know too much about the style of music besides obviously listening to the station. But because it's quite varied, I wasn't too sure about the the music. Like, what, what genre is it, etc. Because it hadn't properly launched properly until September, really, when we joined. Yeah. Um, and obviously... When I started, I was like, wow, this is different, especially for us coming from communities, whole different experience, you know, getting a photo shoot done, having all these meetings, being welcomed so well. I have to say, like out of all the radio stations I've worked at, I've probably had the most fun on this, you know? Yeah. Well, that's it. And I think it's such a lovely team, isn't it? And I know Paul, the boss of Aspen White, has all of his kind of morals and um, kind of guidelines that he 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 likes the company to not adhere to, but kind of at least try and follow. And I think it's made such a massive difference because it is one massive family. You know, and you touched on it there, it's such a different experience. And we've been such a massive part of, of Aspen White Radio in terms of building the station as well, because I know it was started a few months before we joined, but it has also completely changed since we joined as well. And we've been part of that journey. Do you think that's going to be helpful when you kind of help reshape the uh, the Asian Network chart show? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've learned so much stuff from Aspen Weight Radio and also getting involved technically with so much, you know, production and interviews and things on my end. I feel like there's a lot that I can bring to the table to uh, BBC Asian Network, especially with, you know, coming from community where you don't really get much help. Well, I definitely didn't. And, uh, you know, doing everything yourself, but it was very limited. Whereas with Aspen Weight Radio, it's a proper professional commercial station. So it's like, I've learned so much. So I definitely should be able to bring some sort of stuff to the station. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in terms of on the radio at the moment, how have you found your shows? Is there anything that you're going to be taking with you to the Asian Network? What are your favourite features that you've been doing? Oh, you know what my favourite feature is. It's anything to do with food. Come on, you know. I always do a feature on what you're having for lunch. I always talk about food. I always do food hacks. I always do recipes. I mean, 
in between playing the chart. I don't know if I can chuck in a cheeky little recipe here and there, but I doubt it. But um, I think also one thing that I've loved about Aspen Weight Radio is talking about well-being and mental health. And it's something that haven't really spoken about on previous stations. So that's something that, you know, connecting with the audience in a complete different way would be something I definitely want to want to take with me. Yeah, and you said earlier that you know it's it's almost completely changed the way that you present. Do you think that has maybe opened a lot of different avenues for you in terms of presenting styles that you know maybe we didn't know we actually had in the first place because I think you know growing up we were all very commercial and very like in and out and like crunching rolls and now you know we've kind of brought a lot more personality into our presenting I think. Oh, absolutely. And also, I was always the one that would be the silly one and like the fun one. And we like talking about fun things and music and that sort of stuff. But actually talking about serious topics and talking about homeschooling, talking about mental health, talking about apps, talking about apps to help with you sleeping and well-being. Like it's a complete different world and it's a complete different change of tone and voice. You know, I can't be like, Right. So guys, if you're not sleeping tonight, don't you worry. Download this app. Right. Here's Becky Hill. I love, like that. I love how you just dropped the vocal tone when you went serious as well. I was just waiting for a mood lighting switch at the same time. I know it's a podcast and people can't actually see us, but you can visualize it. And that's what I visualized for some reason. I don't know why. So guys, let's talk about the wellness hour. You've now entered Aspen Weight Radio's wellness hour. We are talking about sleeping apps. We're taking you down deep on Aspen Weight Radio. As we do. It is and it's an amazing station though, and people should definitely listen, especially if you want things like food. Uh, uh, Neha will be with us for probably the next month or so until she has a new exciting venture. And talking about food, something else has been going on in your life in terms of the presenting world. You've got a little food show going on, haven't you? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I've been doing an Indian TV show called Desi Beat. It's Desi meaning Asian, anyone from the Asian subcontinent. And Beat, I don't know where that name came from, but we'll we'll just go with, I don't know, it's Beat of a song. We'll just go with that one. But basically, this show has been on TV uh, for about three, four years. And I've been doing it for about three and a half years. And it's such a cool job, Mark. So originally, what we used to do is we used to go into restaurants across the UK, as far and wide, Scotland, Birmingham, you name it, right? And we used to go into these restaurants, Indian restaurants, and we used to cook the food in the kitchen, cook two curries, and basically rate the food, talk about the food, talk about the flavors, how it's cooked, etc. And I would eat it at the end of the episode. I mean, it couldn't be a better job than that. And then of course, when we had our next season after that, what we do is we actually go into people's homes now. And we actually cook their homemade family recipes in their kitchen that maybe their mother's teaching us or, you know, someone's daughter's learned from their mother and they're teaching us how to cook it. And then again, the end of the episode, I sit down and eat it. Right. Favorite thing that you've eaten so far on that series? Go. Okay. So we went to this one restaurant and they cooked this lamb dish with lentils. Now it sounds really rank, honestly. And it had keema, which basically is like minced meat. So it's minced lamb with lamb meat in there, like pieces. And it had dal in there. And I was like, really, this is going to taste rank. It was the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. It was a restaurant in Harrow. And I don't remember the name of it, but it was it was tasty as well. <laughs> I really hope that you become a food expert. And they're like, so Neha, what was the place called? No idea. It was in Harrow somewhere. Just, you, you know, know wander around the streets. That we went to. Literally, I put on probably about a stone and a half because you imagine, right, hos- the hospitality. You'd go into one restaurant. We'd go two restaurants in one day. So we'd go to one restaurant, cook the same dish, and then a second restaurant. But you can imagine they want to cook you more food because you're a guest, you you know, you're TV, you're a presenter. So they want to cook you loads of food. And what did I do? I ate it all. 
So we ended up putting on lots and lots of weight. So then when we started going to people's houses to actually learn authentic cooking and food, that's when like my weight started to, to go back to normal again a little bit. <laughs> And sounds so exciting. And I really want to join you on the next series of that, if I'm allowed, and eat all the food. <laughs> You're more than welcome to come. Yeah, we've definitely got another series coming very, very soon. Soon as this is all over and we're allowed to film again, the next series will be starting. Oh, so exciting. Right. In just a second, we're going to play a wonderful game with Neha, and I cannot wait. Backstage Brew, the podcast. Never miss an episode. Search Backstage Brew on Insta, Facebook, and Twitter. Right, part two with Nayar. We have the most hilarious game to play that you've probably heard a few times on Backstage Brew. It is Snog, Marry, Collab today. We've done a few variations of this, but the uh, premise is the same. Three celebrities, you get to snog one, you get to marry one, and you get to collab with one of them. So we'll start off. I'll be nice. I'll give you Ed Sheeran, because, you know, that's a strong start. Then we'll give you Chibuddy G from People Who Juice Nothing. He is hilarious. And on the comedy vibe, I'm also going to give you Lewis Capaldi. Go. Oh, so I've got a snog, marry or collab. Yeah. Okay, so I'm definitely going to collab with Chibadaji because he's my Pakistani brother. Yeah, big up, Pakistan. <laughs> I sound like <laughs> such a weirdo then, but it's all good. We'll roll with that one. I'll collab with him. Um, I would probably snog Ed Sheeran and I would, is it marry? Yeah. Ew. I guess he'd make me laugh for the rest of my life. I'd marry uh, Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Your initial reaction. I was like, oh, is that what I'm left with? Yeah, I'll probably marry him because he would just make me laugh. And what does a girl want? She always wants to be made to laugh. So that's the, that's the one. Yeah, and to be fair, he'd be a great companion with you on the uh, on the cooking show. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen his Instagrams, right? Imagine his reaction to the food. It would be oh, hilarious. Yeah. That would be a really good point, actually, to be fair. But yeah, no, definitely. I'm ready for that collab with Chibadaji. I want to see that. <laughs> I feel like we've said it's the universe and now it needs it's to actually happen. happen. It's going to happen. How do you say his name again? I always say it wrong. Chibadaji. Chibadaji. Say it again. Ch. C-H-A. Like, don't cha. Don't cha. 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 Buddy. Like, hey up, buddy. Hey up, buddy. Cha. Cha. Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> And then G like gangster. G, uh, G, cha cha, buddy G, cha buddy G. Hey! <laughs> oh my god, I really hope he hears that. Do you know what? I'd love it if ever he like toured with like stand up comedy. I'd love that to be what he came out to. Yeah, definitely. Just so people oh, can say his name, I'm I'm here for that. So much gold, and there is so much gold as well in the new Sky Art series, which is unmuted. Oh, what a joy! Your clip with, I believe it's Sarah Pascoe, I yeah. watched on repeat about a million times. I think most oh. of the views that you've had might just be me on different devices, but it's That's so funny. Fine. Tell oh, us about the series. Good. Oh, yeah. So excited. So obviously, we started off a show called What's Up TV. And uh, from that, we start we, we thought we'd start a new series called Unmuted. And Unmuted is just basically a youth program to celebrate the arts, creativity, diversity, you name it. I mean, we're literally talking about beautiful art pieces made by the youth, you know, and we're talking about sort of diversity through poetry, interviewing, com you know, comedians and comedy and stuff and singers and artists everything that really represents 
Britain in a way. And uh, yeah, it's been really, really fun to work on the show. And I love the fact that the two people I got to interview this series round were uh, Rosie Jones and Sarah Pascoe. So I'm really glad you enjoyed it. But what did you think of my uh, cocktail making skills? Do you know what my favourite thing was? It was the combination of you two trying to figure out what, which way round each of you had the cocktail shaker, whilst also trying to make it like acceptable TV to camera and trying to balance your angles looking in different directions. And both of you were trying to like see what the other one was doing out your peripheral vision and couldn't make it out. And every time one person fixed it, the other one swapped. It was really, really funny. She is so lovely. And I loved how me and her didn't even plan our outfits. And we both ended up actually matching the bar. I was like, how did this happen? We're both wearing pink and lilac. Like this is, this is perfect. Pink to make the boys wink though. Hey, there you go. Do you know there what I mean? You go. That's what I said. I had, I had a pink jumper the other day. I popped it on Instagram and I was like, on oh, Wednesdays, we wear pink. Boom. The best. That is the best, best caption in the whole entire world. If no one doesn't have that caption, you save that for Wednesday, okay? Oh yeah, 100%. Get some pink in your life. We love it. There's so yeah. much more happening in your life as well. You have your own podcast, which is Dating Dilemmas, which... This year has been more relevant than you probably ever imagined as dating has been literally impossible. I don't know about you, but I've struggled massively. It's literally been the hardest thing in the whole entire world. And the worst thing is I started this podcast when I, well, basically I'll tell you how it came about. We actually um, had a feature on my old radio station and me and my friend Ramina, who's on the podcast, used to come into the station. We used to sit down and talk about our dates. And we just got to the point where we were like, we're not actually planning this radio show. We kind of are just talking about ourselves. So we started doing a feature on the radio station called Dating Dilemmas and so many people got involved. So we thought, you know what? Let's do a podcast. By this point, I had so much experience in dating and then I got a boyfriend. So then I thought, you know what? I'm still going to do this podcast. It doesn't matter. So did the podcast, did a couple of episodes and now I'm single again. So it cannot be any more relevant than it can be, to be fair. And it's really, really good because I've experienced it from both sides. Dating, being in a relationship, coming out of a relationship and dating in a pandemic. So I've done it all. (laughs) You are like a dating expert in terms of that. For dating in a pandemic, let's say, uh, hopefully not, hopefully we're near the end of the the tunnel now. But if hypothetically it went on for, for a few more months in 2021, what would your advice be for lockdown dating? Well, that's a really, really tough one, you know, because it has been a really tough situation. But what I would say is the biggest advice I would give is that it is so easy to keep swiping on the apps. I mean, I literally just before we jumped on this podcast, I was on Bumble swiping. So it's like you just keep on swiping, keep on swiping and you end up matching with so many people because you're bored, you're at home to the point where it becomes unmanageable. So I've got like, I think, I don't know how many on Hinge. I think there's about 17 matches on here. And I've replied back to one because it's just too much. So my advice would be if you are dating in the pandemic, try not to match with so many people and try actual actually build, you know, uh, connections and conversations with a few, maybe four or five people at max, because, you know, in this time, we have so much time to talk to people. So it's really important that you don't, you know, just have basic conversations with everyone, just have, you know, more in-depth conversation with less options. Because trust me, when you get out in the real world and everybody wants to meet you, you are going to be overwhelmed. Yeah, 100%. And also with that situation, do you not think it's actually quite a nice situation the other way around so if you've got 17 people on the go if you're only replying to that one person does that not tell you the person that you're most interested in 
No, it's just because that person happened to be at the top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this happens to be like chronological order. Um, but no, it is true. It is true. Like I am talking to, to sort of one person at the moment and I'm mainly putting most of my effort into them. Um, but I will obviously be, be dating others. One thing I would also say is a bit of advice is be careful because, you know, at the moment we're being so intense with our conversations and, you know, you're spending so much time speaking to people on the phone or maybe on FaceTime or whatever or virtual dating because we have so much time on our hands that actually you end up getting to know the person a lot quicker than you would if you were dating face to face. So you may have only met once, you may have only met twice, but when you come out of this lockdown, you probably will know their dark secrets, you know, their past, their background, stuff that maybe traditional dating would have taken a little bit longer. So when you come out of lockdown, my advice would be do not forget the fact that you've only met them once or twice. You know, it's a whole different ball game being physically with someone and seeing them face to face. So I would say still take it slow. It may feel like you've dived deep into things because of the amount of time you've spoken over lockdown, but actually in reality, you know that person, but you don't really know that person. Yeah, 100%. And you do have to be careful as well because you get into these relationships and then six months down the line, you're like, oh, actually, this is not the person that I thought you were over texting lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to pen You need to meet them face-to-face when this is all over. So just be wary of that. Yeah, and you find out the people that actually want to meet you face-to-face as well actually put the effort in to go on a date. Yeah, so that's why you've got to listen to my podcast and listen to the Pen Pal app episode. And in that episode, it will tell you how to spot those people that won't want to meet you later on when lockdown opens. So where can people find this podcast? What's it called? Where is it on the socials, on the platforms? On the gram, on the internet. So basically, it's called the Dating Dilemmas Podcast. It is on Spotify. It is on Google Podcasts. It is on Apple Podcasts. It is on SoundCloud. I could have just said it's absolutely everywhere. And if you want to follow my Instagram, Nehra Official, then it's on my bio. And of course, on the Dating Dilemmas Podcast Instagram page. So it's all out there. You're everywhere. Neha, before you go, any advice for people getting into presenting because you are doing a bit of everything really podcast tv radio national life and uh, you are official on instagram in your name and across the social media <laughs> I know. just need to wait for that blue tick now didn't i mark i know I'm, I'm tempted to apply for it but i feel like i'm not quite ready yet how about we just both apply for it together at the same time let's just do it anyway i know but then it's orcs and if one of us gets it and the other one doesn't yeah it's fine i can be a hype man if you get it yeah you true can my, you can be my hype man if, if i get it so it's fine. It's the more probable option. I'm not going to lie. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> any, ad- any advice for people getting into presenting and trying to get their blue tick? Definitely don't do what we do and just try apply for the sake of it and hype each other up. Uh, the advice I would probably give is definitely don't give up. If I could tell anyone, if I had just given up years ago when I felt like I kept getting no's, I found it difficult to get opportunities, I had things that I needed to improve on, then I probably wouldn't be joining the BBC in March. You know, There's been so many times where I've been said, no, sorry, you need to fix this, you need to do this. And I don't get offended by advice. Advice is gold dust. You know, you've got to have that attitude where you can't be offended when someone's giving you feedback and giving you advice. So it's really important to take that advice and keep working on yourself and trying to better yourself and don't give up. Also, you've got to be proactive. If you see content out there, find out who's posting that content. If you're seeing something on TV, find out who's running that program. You've got to email, 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 constantly be in front, constantly keep putting content out and just be so driven and tenacious and not give up no matter what anyone says. 
that's how you're going to get through it. There you go. Nehar, you are a dream. Best of luck with Asian Network and with the next future series on Sky and various different projects which you are undoubtedly doing. And we will be collaborating very soon on your podcast. Yay, absolutely we will. We will indeed. We won't be revealing the topic just yet, but we absolutely will. Mark will be joining our podcast. See, I'd rather collaborate with you than... uh, Chapada G. Chapada. Buddy. Cha cha buddy buddy G. Cha cha buddy buddy G. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to leave <laughs> leave the podcast there because it's been so much fun. Nayar, you're a dream. <laughs> I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. With all the important questions like, what's in your brew? This is Backstage Brew, the podcast. <laughs>